Hey, Sprinters. Welcome to The Sprints with Carl and Jamie, where we will give you a spritz of life and fun. Food, fashion, travel, whatever comes to our minds. Let's get into it. Hey, Sprinters. Welcome back. We are here at The Sprints Pod with entrepreneur and husband of Jamie Mr. Brian Farris. Welcome, Brian. Yay, Brian. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, in honor of Brian being here, we have a special Amuse Bouche today. It's from Appalachian Mountain Brewery, which is out of Boone, North Carolina. And they have paired with one of our North Carolina staple restaurants, Bojangles. Mm. You know Bojangles, Carl? I do know Bojangles. <laughs> Good spicy fried chicken and biscuits. I'll do the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> you do love a biscuit, Carl. I do. But anyway, what we have here with us is they have come out with a Bojangles hard sweet tea. Mm. And we have that for you to try, Carl. Brian actually has not tried it yet. So we're popping that right now. And let's see what you think. All right, let's go. Mm. Here we go. This tastes kind of like my grandmama's sweet tea. This mm. is pretty good. Mm. What do you think, Brian? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I have. Mm. I do. I do not like. Oh it. my god! It's not my thing. It's not my no. thing. Well, I like it. We grew up in the country, so Mama's sweet tea. Yes. <laughs> it's like if you left it out too long, it would ferment. Oh, you know? my it's like, God. But it's, it's probably that. But yeah, it definitely has the sugar hit this morning. So maybe I needed that. Right, right. <laughs> well, it tastes just like sweet tea with a hint of lemon in it. I find this to be pretty refreshing. And actually, it could be pretty dangerous because it goes down smoothly. You cannot taste the alcohol. So spritzers, if you get a hold of some Appalachian Mountain Brewery, Bojangles, sweet tea, hard seltzer, be careful. Don't try. Be drive. careful. Brian, you are an entrepreneur located in the heart of North Carolina, Gastonia, to be exact, which is a fabulous city. If anyone wants to go to North Carolina, that is definitely a city that you should visit. Brian, can you please tell our spritzers about your businesses? Yeah, Carl, thanks. My primary business is contract manufacturing. Contract manufacturing is we produce parts for OEMs. OEMs is the original equipment manufacturer, and such as Caterpillar, John Deere, Yale Heister, Otis. Started years ago and built myself up, started mopping floors and teaching myself what needs to happen, taking risk and good luck along the way and had a dream and vision and whatnot and stayed with it. But anyway, what well, I'm going to brag on you for a minute. You're being conservative. You've done this <laughs> for more than 30 years and you have definitely grown the business from what, 12 employees to hundreds of employees now Wow! and hard work and not just luck. Making cold calls, that's always what Brian said. Ask. Remember on the one of the last podcasts, I said, Brian always says, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so asking questions when you're young, starting out, and you're surrounded by a lot of a lot of people, a lot of characters, it's intimidating. And like I said, I just engaged everyone. I, I always uh, hanging out with older people and learning from them and adding that to what I do. Well, talking about learning from other people, one of Brian's favorite things to do is to go to the local McDonald's and hang out with all the retirees. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah, so the McDonald's guys and girls, they're retired people. It's some really good people. It really pumps me up. It really gives me perspective Uh when I go about my day and into the other businesses. I'm into multiple businesses from the main business I started a long time ago, built up over time. And uh, from that, I have started other businesses. I used what brought me up in that organization and learning along the way. Uh And I've gone into other businesses and applied that to those businesses. And I told my uh, COO the other day, uh, he said, oh my God, you're starting another business. And I said, well, I call myself a serial idiot. And I said, that's a serial entrepreneur, but serial idiot. And I said, well, it takes somebody as dumb as me to give people like you a place to work. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) You need to classify yourself. You need to put yourself in these little, okay, my box is this. I found out a long time ago, number one, I'm an introvert. And the other thing, I am a starter. I'm not a finisher. And when I was younger, I had to do it all and it killed me. And that was the hardest thing as I'm coming up. And so now I rely heavily on the team that I've built along the way and some very intelligent people Mm -hmm. to really help me and propel. Like I said, I think Jamie's talked about our wine distribution company and even some financial service products we do in a group that we just started a business and with some friends of mine and uh, doing extremely well. What we do in manufacturing, if you could run a manufacturing organization, you could run about anything because it entails Mm -hmm. capital, warehousing, the whole flow and people. It's amazing how much people in manufacturing have to do. Well, Brian, I think that's so amazing that you spend time with retirees. You spoke about mopping floors, taking risks, dreams, visions, asking questions. You really sum up a true entrepreneur. I think to be an entrepreneur Yes, you say that you're an introvert, but you're really an extrovert to me as well. You're so great with people. To be able to spend time with retirees and hang out with them at McDonald's, sit down, listen to stories, it takes a lot. It takes so much thought. It takes so much time. And I think that's why you're such an amazing and successful entrepreneur because you're actually taking time to step out of your box to open up to a new world. So kudos to you. And I'll jump in there too and say that he's also just a big kid. My kids love wrestling around with their dad. He's the one that will take them to all the fun things. I definitely have to lay down the law and I'm the scheduler. So he really does relate to people of all ages. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather hang out with kids. (laughs) And we just got back from uh, Disney World. We had a great time. We got to ride the floats at Universal. Doing the Mardi Gras parade. Yeah, we got to throw out beads and whatnot. And it was, it was crazy. But no one was flashing us because we're at Universal. No flashing. Yeah, no flashing. One guy did show us his stomach. <laughs> he did. He was showing us his stomach. and said, We threw him extra beads. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I want to know some more about your wine distribution business. How did you get started in that? I got into wine because of my insecurities. As I've said to my wife, this started because I was early. I didn't go to a you know big college or anything, and I was working all the time. And I'm you know manufacturing. It's not a glamorous, glorious business. So I love to be in circles of these high end CEOs and that type of thing. And it always intrigued me as I'm growing up reading encyclopedias and business books and everything else. I wanted to live in that world, mm-hmm. and I was stuck in the manufacturing gloomy stuff, as you would say. And it was like, all right, well, so I said I want to travel. I want to learn how to eat different and proper. And I also 
want to teach myself wine because I think it elevates you in settings and with other people. It's something to talk about and it, and it adds to you more worldly, I guess. And from a guy from Gaston County. Rural Gaston County. Rural. Yeah, I grew up in rural. <laughs> yeah, rural Gaston County. And I love it here, but it's the people here don't travel a lot, right? So they don't really get to see the world. I come up, I really wanted to travel. I wanted to see that. I wanted to do more and to, to experience people around the world. So going back to the wine, I started with uh, Chardonnay and I worked, you know, Merlot and then went into cabs and that type of thing. So I self-taught in the wine area. And to elevate myself and put myself in social situations and everything. And from that, we would travel to Napa and different places. And we started talking to people. And I said, you know, like I do, you know, asking the questions. I said, yeah, or just talking like I do. And I can spend a million years just talking and talking. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the guys said, hey, we need help with distribution. He was just asking me, like I asked people. and, And I said, well, you know, I'd love to be in the distribution game one day because in manufacturing, we distribute. We have these channels. I don't want to own or run a, a vineyard. It's too much like manufacturing. So I said, it's about a year later, uh, the guy actually reached out to Jamie and we started talking. And I said, well, hey, I would need people who are more experienced than I am in the wine mm-hmm. world. So they introduced me to a person and it went from there. And uh, we introduced uh, us we to decided, Woody French. Shout out to Woody French. Uh, woo, yeah, yeah, Woody. Woody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great guy. And we said, Hey, let's embark on this endeavor. I mean, it's literally like push the button one day. I said, you know what, what the heck, let's just do it. And now we've been in business for six years. We distribute in North and South Carolina. Uh, we work with Woody and a great team. And I might add wines from all over the world. So it's a great selection and we're growing very nicely. And yeah, it's a great team. And I'm not going to lie. That's Carl. awesome. Um, of all our businesses, the wine business is my personal favorite. And that's because I get to enjoy the product. Now, yes. I don't typically ride around on forklifts or things that they're making <laughs> brackets for, although I do ride on Otis elevators, especially when I'm in New York. But the wine is a very tangible benefit. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I will also add about Brian is I have a little nickname for Brian. It's the metrosexual redneck. <laughs> This is going to be And that's good. because Brian <laughs> combines all the best of his very rural upbringing and merges it into the urban world and is a fashionista, Carl, as you know. I know he is. <laughs> so basically, you will see me day to day. You'll see me in jeans and a shirt and driving my TRX Ram truck with 702 horsepower and counterculture to the battery vehicles or whatever. But I love it. I love it. But then you may see me sporting around town in an exotic car. So, but I have what Jamie says with a metrosexual deal is, yeah, the ways of the world. Listen, I love, yes, I get into fashion and wine and travel and everything. And it's just unbelievable. Have an unbelievable time, an unbelievable life. And when I go back, it's such a relaxing deal. I love to center myself, just like the McDonald's story. I love driving through the country on coming back home. I'll go through the country, put down the windows and you know, play a good country song. So what's your favorite genre? I love good music. Uh-huh. So I, everything. You love rap. 21 Savage is your favorite. Don't even lie. Come on, Brian. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <It is. laughs> Going back to that car. 
I will never forget when you took me out on a ride. I don't remember which car it was, but you went from zero to 175 in less than 20 seconds, and I peed my pants in less than five <laughs> seconds. Which car was that? <laughs> you know what, Carl? I think it was, uh, I had a Ferrari 458. Uh, I literally... <laughs> peed my pants and it dried up. You were going so fast. <laughs> Cole, you talk about that for years. For years. You were completely traumatized. I mean, that's why I just get on the subway now. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a fun experience. It was literally like my first time. And it's a memory that I have because of Brian Farris. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So everything from shooting guns, driving trucks to exotic cars and wine and fine food and travel to Europe. So. And 21 Savage. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, I know that we're talking about Brian and his businesses, but he said one thing about pushing buttons. I don't mean to <laughs> cause no drama, but Brian, what buttons do Jamie push when it comes to you? <laughs> Carl, you're supposed to ask what buttons of mine he pushes. I but anyway, with go him ahead, first. Brian. Oh my God. <laughs> For somebody that's a dreamer and kind of flows through life and like I'm looking at this and this and that, Jamie is such a by the book, I mean, I mean, crazy. So very politically correct, very everything. I mean, God, like, no, 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 right now, right now, boom, 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 boom. So, so it's like this, traveling with her is my hell, okay? I hate it. I, when I get there, it's okay. It's get there, it's okay. Trains, planes, and automobiles, get away. No, I love the dynamic that you guys have. I mean, like, you're such a free spirit, which I can kind of equate with. I'm very much of a free spirit. And I have to honestly attest that Jamie is very by the books. I, <laughs> I, she's not as much of a nightmare to me. It's more of a dream because she pushes, <laughs> she pushes me towards my dream. So... I'll give her a hand clap for that. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody hand clap, has hand to clap. keep yeah. you all in line. I mean, otherwise, nothing would ever get accomplished. As Brian said, he's the starter. I'm the finisher. Yeah. It takes somebody very sure of themselves to be attached to Jamie. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because she's sure of herself. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Carl. <laughs> That's why we're such good friends, because we both have really strong personalities that meld well together. And you are the yin to my yang, as is Brian, in different ways. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. That's right. That's right. But we know how to push buttons. We do. But we all like to have fun. And that's the key thing. I just like to have more structure to my fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Can I say, Carl, as I said, the multiple trips that we take in a month here, two months here. And when we go, I have a bound folder. Mm-hmm that you open and it's by the minute hour hourly where to go what to do where to catch the train to this the bus or a tour group or whatever we do and i was like listen there's no time for swimming or going to peruse the town or whatever <laughs> so my days i said we have to start adding days in just happenstance days we find the most amazing things just by walking and talking yeah. to people as i said you've got to get out and talk so i will always like to leave myself enough time when we go on a trip to go out and ask questions to the local people and that type of thing and whatever. 
And I do build that in now. I do build more of that in. But if you don't get tickets, you're not going to see the Mona Lisa or you're not going to be underground at the Coliseum. (laughs) Nor are you going to be riding camels at sunrise at Uluru if you don't buy the ticket six months in advance. Okay. We need to have a travel podcast because (laughs) truthfully, if you have a bucket list, nobody knows this needs to be on there. So nothing like (laughs) a camel ride early morning, watching the sunrise. And Uluru over the rock. <laughs> it is spiritual. I mean, the rock changes colors. It uh-huh. goes from like purple to orange till it gets to the red. And who knew yeah. that Australia yeah. has the purest camels? Because apparently they took camels in the 1800s to Australia and they just run wild. And apparently, fun fact, spritzers, if you catch one, you can keep it. Are you serious? You can. You can. That's awesome. You guys probably have so many different stories and adventures with each other. I follow you both on social media, and I'm just always at the edge of my toes watching your amazing, fun life. You know, we go somewhere, we meet people. In every country we go to, we're usually breaking bread in someone's house that we've met somewhere along the way. We were just in New Orleans with some people that we met from Zimbabwe. Wow. We had four-hour lunches and drank so much. <laughs> and I was, oh, I had to get back. It wasn't a want to. It was a had to. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't. I, I can't do the four-hour lunches. Wow! Wow! <laughs> that that's so amazing. And you guys are truly inspiring me just to be super adventurous and and out there and just continue to meet people and talk and have conversation, break bread laugh, have good drinks, and you just never know where life can take you. Well, that's how we met, Carl. Yeah. Absolutely. I was at a nice restaurant bar, and I was sitting there by myself enjoying a meal, and I I didn't like the wines by the glass, so I bought a bottle Mm -hmm. by myself. You know, so I drank a little bit of the bottle, maybe half, but then I was leaving, and I was talking to the guy beside me with his wife or girlfriend or whatever, and I said, hey, you know, I'm leaving here. Would you like to have this wine? He goes, oh, it's a really good bottle. And I said, yeah, it's fine. I never meet a stranger anywhere. I just talk, right? So we shared that. And he goes, oh, well, let me introduce myself. And I said, please do. And I'm, I'm so-and-so. So from that, and I exchanged cards. And the guy calls me and says, hey, I want to talk to you. I need to move a couple million dollars worth of parts to a really good manufacturer. And I'll manage like multiple plants for this one particular company. Wow. And I want to explore opportunities together. And as I want to come visit you and everything else, I've looked at your website and you're amazing and hey, let's roll. So today we have just under $2 million worth of work. And it was from that exchange of wine and just talking. So Brian, do you have any tips or advice for young entrepreneurs or what has been successful for you? At 19 years old, I was working in a company that was textiles, everything, everything was going Mm -hmm. down. I just went in and started making cold calls and from those phone calls, next thing I know, I bring in one customer and I bring in a couple customers. Then I say, hey, I'm embarrassing myself in many cases, but then I got better and better at what my craft or whatever. And, and then next thing you know, I've got millions of dollars worth of business. And I'm in my early 20s and I start bringing that in and, and working it and learning and doing the best I can if, to the young people. If there's so all over the place, and we'll call it in the South, a shotgun approach to life. Mm-hmm. You need to rifle in on what you want to do. You need to pick one thing and get really good at it. Yeah. And from that, and do it. And I also would say, find something you like 
People say, find something you love. Everything I love has bitten me one way or another. Mm. Love, love is crazy. It's a lot of huge ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, it's a huge ups and downs, I can tell you. And you, you have mostly to at the ups, end of the day. Ups. A very, very wealthy, very, very smart individual said to his future son-in-law, and I take that today, and he says, find somebody. He says, do you like her? And he goes, yeah, I love her. I love your daughter. I want to marry her. And he goes, I ask you this, do you like her? And he finally got to point and he goes, yeah, I like her a lot. He goes, good, because when the honeymoon wears off, you need to like each other. And it, basically, I take that and apply it to yeah. life. Whatever, at the end of the day, you may love something you do. And that's great. Your love needs to be your hobby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your like needs to be what you do every day because right. it's just automatic. Right. Okay. The other thing to the young people would be find what you like and stick with it. Another thing that I did when I was younger is, I said early on, I was 19 years old and I said, what do I want? I don't know what to do. What is it that I want? What is it? What, where do I need mm-hmm. to go? Right. So I said, what kind of car do you want? And it was an exotic. It was a car, a house and, you know, just a normal good, what I saw at the time to be a, a good average life. I needed to get there. Right. To, to you guys would be find what it is you're after, what your, your vision board, mm-hmm. create a vision board. This is what I want. And then say, okay, this is what it costs. Run a number. This is what it costs. And then it will tell you what you have to make. Yeah. So that now you have a goal of what you need to make. So now shoot for that. Then it gets you to that. So first off, you need to have a roadmap. So a Harvard study basically says written down goals are achievable goals. Mm-hmm. I love that. What tips and advice do you have to give our spritzers in going into business with a spouse or a loved one or someone you live with, someone in close vicinity? So I would say to anyone going into business with a spouse is you should pick the boss. There has to be a dictator. (laughs) My COO said to me, I said, man, we have an incredible culture. And I said, because we're very diplomatic, we run like a democracy here. He goes, no, we do not. And I said, whoa, 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 I'm offended by that. He goes, no, it's, this is a dictatorship. He said, no matter how you put it, you're in office. Nobody's going to kick you out. You're the sole owner. Mm-hmm. You're a dictator. You just happen to be a benevolent dictator. Mm. So you have to be a benevolent dictator. So anyone going into business with your spouse or a partner, partnering with a friend or whatever, there has to be someone who has the final say at the top. I agree with that. Brian, what does it take in your eyes to be a successful CEO? You have to be able to sit back. So the person at the top, remember this, people want to follow the person who doesn't give orders. They work with you and share and communicate properly. They will follow you every day. But you go in commanding people and they don't get the respect. They don't follow you. So in my style, I'm a stand back. I'm a stand off. What is a CEO? I could write a book. What is a CEO? A CEO is the thought leader of a company. Mm-hmm. It's the mother to follow, whatever. You can only go in and, and yell at people or do whatever so much. There's no yelling. So I have one direct report in every business I have. One direct report. I want to know what's going on, whatever. I want you to feed me as much information as you can. And I make a decision off of that. And that's all I'm good for. From all the experience I have and everything else. Who runs the business? My COO, my general manager, and the other head leads of of the organization. And get away. I see so many businesses that fail because the owner, I'm dealing with one right now. I have a friend who cannot get out of his own way. Mm. And it's like, 
goes in. He tries to be every person in the business. Get out of the way. I went in and said, I'm retiring from daily activity. Mm -hmm. And I saw that. I gave up my office. I let somebody sit in that office. I used the conference room. Every place that I go, I'm using a conference room. I have no office. So today, because Brian is such a metrosexual redneck fashionista, we're going to let him do the runway takeaway. And a proper suit for a guy, always go exotic, crazy with the liner. That's the fashion tip of the day. The liner in a jacket. When you open that jacket, it is banging. And everybody's like, oh, my God. And I also, Carl, have a jacket that I bought, I had made, that is just just crazy colors. And I wore this uh, out to a, a fundraiser. Uh-huh. Yeah, Cookies for Kids Cancer. And uh, anyway, <laughs> so the jacket is just like crazy crazy out there and all the guys were like what what in the hell are you, what are you wearing <laughs> this thing is crazy and every woman in the place was coming up and hugging me and say can i take my picture with you exactly so i said guys doesn't care right the other the other little tidbit of fashion is hermes Ooh. you go in and i buy lady scarves uh-huh. okay and i have them sent to new york to make into cummerbunds and ties wow you're basically like a custom atelier creation entrepreneur. (laughs) Boom, boom. (laughs) Well, thank you so much to my sweet, spicy, challenging husband, who's also very inspiring to me, for being on our podcast. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us today. Spritzers, we're out of here. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Spritz with Carl and Jamie, a production of Hanger Studios. You can follow us on Instagram at the Spritz Pod, on Facebook at the Spritz, and you can find this amazing Spritzy Ritzy podcast on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you may find your podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us. Thank you, guys.